Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to Vikings Ventline here on the Purple Daily, not only YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can also find this in audio form as part of the Purple Daily Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. My name is Phil Mackey. We've got Judd Zolgad in the house. We've got Declan Goff producing. And before we get to uh, an incredible upset victory for the Vikings and uh, and all of your thoughts as Vikings fans and viewers and listeners, just a quick reminder that Vikings Ventline is powered by Corona Hard Seltzer Spiked Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois, and uh, Declan Goff, for you, uh, you got the mustache rocking. That's good. I do. It's the quarantine beard is uh, is coming wow. in, and, and then I got the uh, tropical. It's green, so we're, we're, we're crushing some green today. So that's the, that's the goal with the Corona Hard Seltzer. boy. All right. So uh, Vikings pull off. They hang on. They they A 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and it got really dicey there. But they hang on for a 28-22 to 22 victory over the Green Bay Packers. And uh, ultimately, I would say, and we're going to get into whether this is good or bad, and we're going to get Vikings fans into the video with us. You can email if you want to join the video, email vikingsventline at gmail.com, and Declan will be stockpiling people to come into the video. But um, this might be, regardless of whether this is good or bad for the actual season, one of the great Mike Zimmer defensive chess match masterpieces in his career as a head coach, Judd. I mean, he was literally taking dudes off the waiver wire, yeah. and throwing them at Aaron Rodgers for three hours and stifling the Packers today. So, bravo. Yeah. It, it's, I, I think it's twofold. I think one is there, there's no question that as a whole, and it actually benefited the, the Vikings huge on offense and defense, the wind impacted this game because the, the wind that was howling in the Twin Cities last night definitely had made its way to Green Bay by the start of this game. But yeah, the blitzes, the uh, amount of pressure that Zim sent, um, it was impressive. I do think that what we talked about on Mackie and Judd last week came to fruition, though. There was no question in my mind that after a while, it looked like the Packers were definitely thinking about San Francisco Thursday night. Uh, Their their defense is not good. Um, It was... Here's the thing. It wasn't really a good game, but it was sort of a fun game. And I give the Vikings, I give the Vikings um, coaching staff credit for the defensive performance. I mean, they have no cornerbacks left. It's incredible now. Uh, but we all, but Phil, the, I think the key to this game is the, the 
wind and elements on the field combined with the insistence on using Dalvin Cook as much as they did, which personally I would not have, but they, they did. This is the formula. You have, look, it's to me right now, it's crystallized. It's as simple as it could possibly be. This is 2006-ish or 7-ish again completely, right? Adrian Peterson is being played by Dalvin Cook. And, and if you're smart, no matter how much your quarterback is making now, you will treat him like he has the ability of Kelly Holcomb and anything he does is gravy. And that's really what this game was. This came down to, <laughs> it came down to this. Dalvin Cook can help us win. And we know that for a fact. Now, the question is, are, are you going to give him the amount of touches that he got, which I, str- I struggle with with a guy coming off a groin problem, but they did, okay? Well, but he's yeah. fine. I mean, he's he's fine. And so. the other part is, yeah, but the problem is it speeds up the clock on the next problem, personally, I think. But anyway, the, uh, the other problem or the other part of the equation that I find to be so interesting about this, too, is it literally looked like the Vikings spent a week saying, how can Kirk not beat us? How can Kirk Cousins not beat us? How can we win a game in spite of our quarterback asking him to manage the game as much as possible? And it sort of worked. It's a scary thought. I I mean, if Kirk was making eight mil, I'd be like, okay, fine. That's cool. He's making what a guaranteed 84 mil over three years to start the contract. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. He's Michael Myers. Where's my beer? He's Michael Myers. Actually, Delvin, Delvin Cook was Michael Myers today, just stalking up and well, down the field for three hours, just, just stabbing that ball into the end zone. It depends if you're a Vikings fan. If you're a Vikings fan, Kirk Cousins is. But you're right. If you're a Packers fan, it was Delvin Cook. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before, like we, hair. before we get to some of our Vikings fan friends here in the video, I just want to say uh, – It's getting kind of hot in this Michael Myers now. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, I, I know, I know that – much like our country these days, there's a lot of split opinions. We've got Vikings fans that are happy that they beat the Packers and they move to two and five on the season. And by the way, they've got the Lions at home next. They've got the, the Dallas Cowboys in a few weeks. And so they could pretty easily win like three out of four games with two home games on the horizon after that. But I also know that there's a large faction. In fact, according to the poll that I put out before the game, like 65% of Vikings fans were rooting for a loss today because you're rooting for draft positioning. And for those fans, and I am in that bin as well. This is a sad day, and uh, I feel like great tanking teams find a way to lose that game in the end and still keep their sights set on the top quarterbacks in the draft. And so for that, uh, we pour one out for those Vikings fans that are sad right about in. the loss today. Uh, and we and we pour one out on behalf of Corona Hard Seltzer, which powers Vikings Ventline. Declan, let's get to our first fan friend here. And just a reminder, you guys got about 60 seconds to deliver your takes. Just don't swear and get us fired, please. So let's go to uh, whoever you want, Dex. We got a Kip. Kip will kick us off here. Hello, guys. I got a. I got my uh, Bud Light uh, seltzer. I don't have Corona Hard seltzer. Um, just my thoughts. I feel like this was Mike Zimmer's middle finger to management by saying, <laughs> "I am going to win my way, and I'll be damned if the ship goes down." But I don't. I don't think he wanted to win today. But when he saw he was up by fourteen, he said, "We're gonna let's just stick it to it." And like Judd said, I agree. Kirk Cousins cannot lose the game. And of course, at forty seconds, I feel like this was Seattle two point oh, 
and wait for the defense to be aggressive at the end. So I'm going to join my seltzer. And yes, Phil, I did want the Vikings to lose because I, w- I saw Justin Fields play last night and I said, man, he would look good in purple. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. All right, he looked Kip. damn good. Thanks for starting <laughs> us off with some good stuff there, Kip. We'll say goodbye to Kip. Kip's, um, point, Kip's point is a gr- great point. Here's the, here's the key question that I have from the preparation for this game by the coaching staff. Did the coaching staff sit down and pull up film of the Packers and Rodgers and say, how can we how can we beat that team and not let that team beat us? Or did they sit down with film of their own offense and say, how can we not let our quarterback beat our team? Well, I think they probably blend together, don't you? I mean, Kirk Cousins himself said after last week uh, that if I keep playing like this, then I'm probably not going to be starting very much longer. And my main goal is to not throw interceptions. And the best way to prevent Kirk Cousins from throwing interceptions is to not call a pass plays. Yeah, but That's I mean, he, but but this this now shows us what the quote meant. He basically spent the entire day squaring around a bunt. And they yeah, won. And th- this actually, you brought up like 2006, 2007. This actually, this formula reminded me of, about uh, a lot of the games in 2012 where Adrian Peterson was the best running back in the NFL. Sure. And he ran for 2,000 yards, and they were just they were basically just putting Christian Ponder behind center to do one read pass plays and hand the ball off to Adrian. And that's what Kirk Cousins did today. So, I mean, you have to give Kirk Cousins credit in that they gave him a much smaller to-do list than they usually would today, especially because of the wind and everything. And uh, and he and he did well with that to-do list. He he only threw the ball 14 times. And yeah. I would say that of those 14 throws, I'd like to see more go to Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, it wasn't like there was 35 throws to divvy up. So um, the game plan was very obvious today. It was throw different looks at Aaron Rodgers to attempt to trick him. And, I mean, there were so many times where the Vikings would get either – they'd either get pressure with four yep. or the secondary was giving so many different looks that Rodgers just was unable to compute or didn't want to take risks and give the ball to Dalvin 33 times, which is what they did today. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, my God, that guy, like he comes back from a groin injury and shows that he is one of the two or three best running backs in the NFL, despite this turd of a season. Uh, Dalvin Cook reminding people like, all right, he's one of the silver linings for oh, sure. Oh, he's fantastic. I love mm-hmm. him. I, I want to see him used like that in seasons where th- this team has a chance to win a championship. Like that's what I want. That's what I want them to get to. Unfortunately, it's never going to coincide with the guy who's playing quarterback for him right now, which which leads me quickly to this point. Thielen and Rodgers, late in a very close game, right? It's a really tight game. It's a Packer-Viking rivalry game. They they zero in with the camera shot on them talking. And I tweeted, what do you think they're talking about? Because my guess is Thielen said, I'm not being traded, and you're going to be here in a year. Like in two years, two, <laughs> 2000, 2022, I can't wait to catch passes when you're wearing purple. I don't know. I think, I think the, I think the BYU kid might be the Vikings quarterback here. Oh in, yeah. Uh, you might be right. In a couple of years. All right, let's go to our next Vikings fan here. Let's bring him in. We are the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. This is Vikings vent line, part of the purple daily podcast and YouTube channel, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. Mackie and Judd, Declan doing a great job producing. And who do we got? Steven here in the house? Yep, we got Steven. Steven, what's going on, man? Are you are you happy that they won or are you mad that they uh that they dropped in the tankathon rankings? Yeah, I uh I'm definitely mad they dropped in the tankathon, but I'm shocked that they did. I think uh halfway through the first quarter you had Devontae Adams on that in and out route that he just schooled. Um 
I think it was Cam Dantzler, and you had Zimmer just yelling at the back of his head. I thought, oh, the, this is it. The corners quit on him. The team quit on him. We're toast. <laughs> and then they just kept going to Dalvin, which he's good enough to do that. But he's had three touchdowns. He got his look. He's good to go. Now get him off the field. He's got a bad groin on a cold day. It, to me, it was just asking to get your best player hurt. Yeah, it, that's where Judd's been too, and you know, uh, and those are great points, Stephen. We appreciate. Oh wait, who's your hey. who's, who's your? <laughs> I promised the baby when I emailed in, so she made it. <laughs> <laughs> right Hello, on. get him started with the heartbreak early. That's the way you yep. do. It. Yes, she's, she's decked out too. She's good to go. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome, man, Stephen. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks, we'll get you guys. some other time too. Um, I think like the, the early part of that game, it did. I mean, you think about just how bad Devonta Adams has burned the Vikings over the last couple of years. And then you saw Dantzler go out with that brutal hit and thank God he was moving some of his, his extremities as he was being carted off the field. But you're thinking like, how, how are they going to, if Aaron Rodgers drops back 40 times, like how are they going to stop it? And I'd love for somebody to do a film study of what happened in this game. I'm sure somebody will in the next couple of days, but that, that had to have been one of Mike Zimmer's best coaching jobs, just considering the lack of pieces on the field and like not having legitimate pass rushers and still getting pressure on Rogers. Pretty amazing. So who, who by the end was in a corner? It was because Boyd got hurt as well. Uh, Mark Fields, the second got hurt. Dantzler got, got hurt. So I think by the end, yeah, it was, number, who's number 44. Some well, random they, dude picked they, up a they, Josh Matulis. They okay. moved him to safety. Anthony Harris was playing nickel corner at the last for the last drive of the of the game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah Harrison Hand was in the game at yeah. the end. Oh yeah, that was you are bare bare bones by that point. Yeah. All right, Dax. Let's go to our next one here. All right, let's go. Uh, a loyal listener. He wasn't in a couple weeks ago, but Paul Fritz Skull. What's up, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. Hey, I want to start with today. Uh, what you guys thought of the referees? Let's have a little talk about how we felt that they might have I'm, I, I don't know I could be because I'm a Vikings fan and but I feel like every time we play the Packers the referees do everything in their power to try to give them a chance to win what's your guys's thoughts on some of those calls I thought it went both ways today um the the Ant Harris flag that got picked up was a was a uh, P.I. for sure. He spun the guy around and they, they picked that flag up. So that's a fortunate break. Um, I thought, though, to your point, I thought that they were crap because we do not need that many calls like you can call holding on every play. But it seems like the officials of 2020 have been directed not to. Thank God. I love that. And today those guys were calling everything. Now, I, I did check. Uh, the one problem is that football has now gone in the direction of baseball, which means we're getting the same officials uh, for the, the second time, which ordinarily would not take place because it's it's now, I think that crew is based in Detroit. And so if it's based there, it gets sent to a closer game. So the thing that I like about football is if you get a crew, you're ordinarily done with that crew, right? You're not done with the, this crew and there might be a third time. But I thought the amount of flags to what you're saying, I thought the amount of flags today was ridiculous. I do not need a flag on every play. It turned into a ref show for sure. But I will say just in general, it felt like it doesn't it doesn't feel like when the Vikings go to Lambeau Field, they get much of the benefit of the doubt from from the officials. And it did feel today like, oh, my God, the Packers were in a the Packers were in like a second and 30. This is amazing. There's like three straight penalties. So th throughout the early portion of the game, I kind of felt like 
the Vikings were getting more breaks from the officials. Uh, but then it just like the fourth quarter, especially for both teams, it turned into a ref show and I wasn't thrilled by it, but I got, yeah. two, I got two more for you guys and we'll be done here. So the first one, let's talk about, we're going to talk about the secondary and then we're going to talk about the play calling. Why do you guys think in your opinion, okay, the defense, you're, you're green Bay, you know, late in that game, they are going to hand it off to 33. They're going to run the Brad Childress. Hold on. Let me grab something here. <laughs> Uh, Brad Childress, uh, 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 Tahi, uh, uh, Jeff Dugan. Uh, We're going to call it uh, Dive. Uh. <laughs> where, where was the bootleg? Where's the play action on any of that? Hit somebody. You know what I mean? No, this, no, I, th- no. I, I don't think today was the day. I, th- I think I don't think they were designing and playing off run plays to then like let Kirk thrive. I think it was let's just run the ball. And if Kirk has to throw it, then we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I think that was legitimately the thought going into that. <laughs> all right. All right. Then the second one, we, uh, I guess we need to go call up some more uh, Terrence Newman. What's up, man? Like, they might, <laughs> don't, don't joke. They might do that. Dude. Yeah. Desmond King. You guys think that's a real deal that could happen? Dude, I mean, this I is Terrence, Terrence could, could get, get called, but there's no question. I mean, who's left now? Nobody. Who's coming back next week. You know, mm-hmm. about two guys. You guys are going to be playing quarterback next week. <laughs> nobody needs nobody needs our hamstrings out there either. You know what? You know what? Who could? And he proved it. And it's hilarious. Eric Hendricks. Eric Hendricks made the best defensive back play by a Vikings player today. It was great. The he break went, up of that pass is a phenomenal play, you guys. Stride for stride. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Pulford, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll see you later this season. Vikings vent line powered by Corona Hard Seltzer here. And let's get to our let's get to our next one, Deck. Let's yeah, keep let's going go with the uh, let's go with Jay. Jay, you're on Vikings event line. Everyone, all right. This game frustrated me for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we pay Kirk an infinite amount of money to hand the ball off. The Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings play the best when Kirk does the least, and that's just not a great way to structure this team. Um, second thing that frustrated me is that. Do you guys really think this team's going to go anywhere this season? Like, just because they beat the Packers on any odd long day with weird weather, this is just going to end at the end they hurt us. This is going to be like the Saints game last year, where all it's going to serve is to kind of like convince the Eagles, like, oh, maybe this does has potential. I'm going to stick with it a bit more. You know, I might extend these veterans. I probably shouldn't. This is the kind of game that's going to do that. That's going to give you that false confidence. And the third thing that really frustrated me here is that, like, what do we learn? We didn't learn anything. We like learn like, oh, this rookie can play well. Like, oh, you know, this form of defense. Like, this is just the usual Vikings game. Like, Dalvin Cook is a stud, and like the defense, like Mike Zimmer can like create some good, cool like schemes to like scheme around like um, a lack of guys. But like overall, like this is a frustrating game. And if the Vikings can like I don't know pull off like nine seven make the playoffs, at least be interesting. But I think yeah. this is going to hurt us long term. So let me answer the first one, which is do do we think they can do anything this season? And, and I think it, we've been in, we've been pretty much in lockstep saying no. I mean, once you start one and five, uh, you're just at this point, it's just where are you going to draft? But I could paint a picture, especially with a seventh playoff spot available this year for the first time. They're probably going to beat Detroit at home. I'm not, I wouldn't guarantee it, but like they're going to be favored over Detroit at home next week. And so that gets them to three and five. Let's say they lose to Chicago three and six, but then they get Dallas and that broken down team with no defense and a team that's quitting on its coach. That's a home game that gets you to four and six. And then you've got two more home games against Carolina and Jacksonville. You will be favored in both of those games as well. So like 
it's not a super now that you won this game, it's not a super unrealistic path back to 500, even if you give them the Chicago loss. And if you get back to six and six, now you're absolutely in, you know, the last month of the season, just like in 2012, you're just trying to feed the ball to your top running back and see if you can sneak in as a wildcard team. So I could paint that picture. I'm just saying I wouldn't advocate for it. I'm in the tank for Trevor, but you blew that today. Like, there's no way you're going to be in that race. So the most, the most important, the most important discussion that's going to happen have to take place internally now is this: Are the people that pay Kirk Cousins going to say the car keys are no longer yours? You have a tricycle to ride. Enjoy it. That's it. We're paying you. We're actually going to embarrass ourselves with the contract that we gave you by taking all responsibility basically away. You can still make some passes sometimes, but this is going to be one man show until he goes down again, which then creates problems. But I I think the first person who came on has a great point. Today is Mike Zimmer's masterpiece, middle finger to everyone who employs him, because what did, did he do? He said, if we do it my way, which by the way, is to make all of your investments or some look really, really stupid. Some of them um, we can win. So here's here's when Kirk Cousins shows up on two or, or on uh, Monday and says, you know what? Okay, that was great, guys. Now what about next week? And they say, Kirk, here's your tricycle. Go ride it. How <laughs> does how does that go? Because, but it's true. Like you can possibly win games, but it's going to look so drastically different, and and it's going to make the investment in your quarterback an obviously terrible one because we saw today the formula. The formula is. Dalvin Cook until he basically goes down because he will get get hurt at, at this rate at some point again. Um, but the way that they didn't use Kirk, which today to me harkens back to that first game against the Falcons in 2019, where he basically didn't throw, and then he came up with a great comment. Well, yeah, but sometimes we're going to have to win 51-50. That will never happen, Kirk. That okay. will never happen. Jay, any final thoughts from you? My final thoughts are that. I really hope that this is just a continuation of what we've seen where, you know, seven, nine, eight, and eight, you know, pick a cornerback in the first round, keep rolling with, you know, these check down sort of like mediocre quarterbacks. Just just break the cycle. Just make a difference or do something with that offense. Jay, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I think I know I see some people in the comments saying, What's what's this what's up with this guy? I mean all negative after a win over the Packers. But Jay, I think represents a large faction of Vikings fans that are not really thrilled that they won this game today. Although I'll say this, the, the the biggest reason why I think it's great that they won this game is because now tomorrow on the Mackie and Judd show, we get to hammer Packer vent line and angry drunk Packer phone calls from our friends on the fan in Milwaukee. It's paperweight, Phil Mackie. He's a paperweight. That Aaron Rodgers. $150 million paperweight. Don't you say it, Phil. Don't you say it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vent line. You guys, whenever we bring you in, you got about 60 seconds to give your takes. Just don't swear and get us in trouble. Uh, Carter is next up on the show. With a very uh, professional setup here. you got the shock mount, the mic, the headphones. Wow, making us look like chumps here. Love it. Can you, you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. sir. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to point out two things. I noticed that throughout the whole game, it didn't look like anybody quit. Like everybody just the whole entire time, all defense, you know, that two point conversion that they made, I, I was nervous because and Rogers with the ball with 60 seconds less is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, but I wanted to point out Irv Smith 
even though he didn't catch a lot of passes, he was very involved in the offense. He had a lot of great blocks. That pass interference call I don't like on him, but I really liked his involvement in the offense, and I did not see Kyle Rudolph out there that much. Yeah, I think I think Irv uh, would he catch two or three passes or whatever it was, but every time I see him catch a pass, I'm thinking at some point with the right offense and the right quarterback and the right amount of usage, he's going to be a guy that can go for like 800 to 1,000 yards just depending on where the targets are. I think it's going to be tough on a team with two great wide receivers, but he's a good player. I think he threw about, I want to say, three at least really mm-hmm. nice blocks too. Which, yeah. So, yeah, and in fact, I would not be surprised – if d- despite the win today, if Kyle still gets traded by Tuesday. Yeah. How that do you like that? That's, shock me. That is a question. How th- does winning this game prove like, like were they on the verge of trading a Harrison Smith for a second round pick? You know, did they have preliminary discussions late last week and sure. say, listen, let's see what happens on Sunday against green Bay. And now that they've won the game and they've got Detroit coming up next week, it might alter their decision-making before the Tuesday trade deadline. I wouldn't is, be, I wouldn't be too shocked if they, if this is what that was that because I didn't see Kyle Rudolph out there that much, but maybe that's what they were doing. It was, they're trying to see Irv Smith out there without Kyle Rudolph to see if, well, we can do this without him. So we can just move on. Yeah. Great point. Uh, Carter, thanks for coming on. We love the setup and yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get you on again. You can just host the show with that setup. Yeah, that's time. top notch. You sound good too. It sound great good stuff. So we'll say, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Carter. Let's keep rolling on here on Vikings vent line, part of the purple daily umbrella of podcasts who do we got next Declan got a uh, Ben in Florida coach Ben all right that's funny I'm like I like coach Ben I'm actually a, a PE coach down here in Florida so good call right there um number one um I really 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 um think that this is a turning point for the season um because they got Detroit they can win that game they might be able to play Chicago Chicago has no offense and they could probably beat Dallas. Now you're at four and five with three straight divisional wins. All of a sudden now you're four and five. You're thinking about winning the division. Who knows? And I want to give a, I want to give a quick shout out to two players. Dalvin Cook, we know how special he is. But even though he didn't really have a game, it's funny watching the Packers stru- receivers struggle and the Vikings have Justin Jefferson. And you're looking out like, man, the Packers could have had Justin Jefferson in the draft. Instead, they took Aaron Rodgers' replacement in the, in the draft, which I find it so – I find that hilarious. But I think it's a turning point for the team, you know. And the defense, again, like the last callers, like the last person said, I thought they played hard, which is probably what the owners really need to see. Is the team still competing and is, is the team still playing hard? And then um, and they were. So good job by this team of getting the win. Would have yeah, liked to hear a little bit, but – to yeah. your point, Ben, I mean, think about this. If if you just put yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes for a second. Well, I, I will say he gets a little bit pouty, if not a lot pouty, when his team trails. And some of the numbers you'll see, fourth quarter comebacks, you know, he only has like 16 of them in his career in the regular season. Jay Cutler had 10 more in a lot less years. So he's not a great fourth quarter comeback quarterback. And so there's definitely things to pin on Aaron Rodgers. But when he throws a couple of perfect passes to Equinemius St. Brown, and the ball bounces <laughs> off that dude's hands, and and you're putting yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, thinking they drafted a quarterback in the first round instead of trading up for a Justin Jefferson or somebody like that. Uh, it actually makes you feel a little bit of empathy, a little bit of empathy for Aaron Rodgers in that situation. But well, his, I, his I body language is not very good. 
well, the way the Packers played right, the play today, they deserve to lose that game. Yes, they absolutely mm-hmm. deserve mm-hmm. to lose that game. The penalties, yes. defense could not tackle the the Dalvin Cook screenplay was great play by Dalvin Cook, but that was probably an atrocity of a play by the deep of play how by can, the defense. So hey Ben, they deserve how, to lose that game. Hey Ben, how can guys? This is the thing I don't get. Like I, I get plays break down. But how can a team have a game like that where they can't tackle basically the entire game? That that amazes me. I I don't know. And they play the 49ers on Thursday, and it's probably going to be much more of the same for them. You know, mm-hmm. a, I think they were probably taking the Vikings lightly, but this could turn into two straight losses for the Packers going forward. And I can't wait to hear Ventline tomorrow because I know the defense is going to get eviscerated on that on that Packers Ventline uh, tomorrow. It's yep. going to be hilarious. Yeah, we've got we've got our producers monitoring it all afternoon. It's going to be amazing. Uh, ben in Florida, we appreciate you jumping on. I'm sure we'll catch you after uh, whatever happens against the Lions next week. And just a reminder, we are the only highly interactive Vikings postgame show that actually brings fans into the video with us. And if you ever miss any portion of Vikings Vent Line, you can always find it on demand either on youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. And we appreciate if you'd subscribe to that channel and get your daily Vikings content, or you can also find us in audio form, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, where you can also find Judd's uh, near daily musings about the Vikings. Should we get to Chansey? People are, people yeah. are clamoring for our guy. Somebody already said that they want Chansey, despite the wind, to light a dumpster fire. So we'll throw it to our guy Chansey here. That's good, guys. Thank you. Uh, call him again. And actually, uh, ironically, it's very going to be very close to that here with this call. New location, right, this week. Um, so Halloween. So I'm going to go a long story. But I uh, I built my own dumpster for Halloween. We went out last night for an adult costume contest. And I'm going to try to show you the, <laughs> the Oh, He's cutting here. out, but we can definitely see the visual. Yes. Very <laughs> nice chance. Uh, biking season and and just like i was saying to some of my friends i mean i asked my boy on the drive home we he stayed at grandpa and grandma's last night so we could go out i said what's the score going to be today he goes 55 million to zero packers i got a a good buddy his name is scoots up in grand forks and he just lost 300 bucks on this game playing around with another buddy so and i i wasn't very comfy either the the, uh the vikings 2020 season dumpster so It was a happy surprise. I mean, if they're going to win one game, let it be this one, right? So, uh, yeah, screw Green Bay. Anyway, but uh, I was thinking, I, I'm not, <laughs> if I wasn't so happy about them beating Green Bay, I wouldn't be that happy about this because I feel like this just furthers the Zimmer mindset of that. See if we could just perfect that running the ball defense formula. That's the way to win. And I, I just don't see that ever like resulting in a long string of playoff wins. I'm saying you can go eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six. The Vikings proved that with Ponder and AP, like you guys were saying. And but I don't. I, I almost. <laughs> I regret the win in that. Not for the not for the tank for Trevor, but just because that m- mindset won't work. And I've been pounding that button over and over and over. It'll get you in the playoffs, but it ain't going to get you the Super Bowl. I don't think. But uh, the main thing I was also thinking about too was well this total side note but you know when everybody's talking about the tank for trevor thing what about this like if the vikings don't get the number one pick and i don't think they're going to the jets will probably get it or somebody else Mm -hmm. what would the what would the package have to be to trade up for it 
I mean, there has to be a number, right? If, if you thought Trevor Lawrence was the guy, I'd trade three number ones right now for him. I'd take the Herschel Walker deal, right? I mean, quarterbacks are so important in the NFL now that I don't think there's almost a price you couldn't pay hey, if listen, you Ke- believed it was the guy. Like Kevin Kevin Costner traded three first-round picks to trade up for Bo Callahan in draft day, and then he wound up getting the picks back. Uh, and so here's the problem. I don't think – if you're the Jets – I honestly don't think there is a price. If they feel like yep. Trevor Lawrence is their franchise savior, I don't know that there is a price. Now Five there might number ones doesn't get it done, or you know, there, there might be to get to number two to get Justin Fields. Like if the Giants decide, if the Giants are the number two team and they're and they're going to hang on to to Daniel Jones, there might be a price there. But do you have enough? I mean, this is the problem. Do you have enough draft capital if you're going to trade that much to get up there, and you don't have a second round pick this year? You still have to fix offensive line and other things. Like I think fix quarterback first and then figure out the rest later. But you still need more things than just a quarterback, too. So you got to be a little bit careful. So, so guys, we we did because the Vikings won. I I like I said, I assumed a loss here, and the uh, 2020 Vikings season dumpster was going to be burning. But I've done an audible, and I've got my son Traber here. I'm going to hand the phone to him here, and we're gonna we're gonna do a quick exit, and then we're gonna get off the phone for you. So we fixed our dumpster for uh, today. Come on over, Trevor. Here we go. I'm going to disappear into the dumpster, and he's taking it from here. All right? All right. <laughs> oh, my. This is awesome. Oh, wow. This is a live stunt right now. Okay. Yeah, be careful, everybody. Is this a sacrifice? Yeah. I don't know. Nice house. Nice bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> there it is. There's All right. <laughs> Chancey's finally lost it. He's finally lost it. See you, Chancey. <laughs> All right. Love Chancey. Love, yeah, love Chancey and Fargo. All right, let's keep rolling here. Let's keep, sure. let's keep bringing the Vikings fans in. Um, and it's, a, it's a split crowd. We've got some people that are loving this. I think, I think Chancey also represents a third group there, which is people that want them to tank. But you know what? It's kind of fun to, it's kind of fun to listen to Packer postgame shows after the Vikings do what they did. Sam, you're up next on Vikings Vent Line. Fire away, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I've always been conditioned as a Vikings fan that there is more pain in losing than joy in winning. So I'll always be in favor of beating the Packers and just keeping their fans in check and taking them down a peg. Um, I don't think this win means much. I don't think this is a playoff team. I'll always like to beat the Packers. If they beat like Tampa Bay in a few weeks, I would be mad. Um, I have two questions. The first is this. Um, we know that the front office can think that they can just run teams back and mm-hmm. achieve the same level of success. So if this team wins like seven games doing the same thing they did today, does the front office say, oh, Kirk wasn't the problem. Um, it was a young defense. There was no preseason injuries. And then just keep doing this forever. And then I have a second question, but I want to get your thoughts on that first. I think Joe, what do you a, think? I think there's a, a very good chance that that they, they at least try to convince the Wolves of what you just said. Here's the other problem. So in in a vacuum, I'm not for today's win, but just as a one-off, it's not that bad. But because of the upcoming schedule, my question be- becomes this too, in a bad league, is this going to springboard you to let's say pick number 12? Because that's death. Like that's just spinning your wheels again. Because pick 12 is probably a cornerback, right? Pick 12 is somebody who, oh, he's a nice player, but he's not. so. If so, I guess I'm curious now with it being what Green Bay, Detroit, the Bears, games that you might 
accidentally start to win. And now, and now nobody gets fired and we get to next April and you're picking 13th. And now you're stuck again because you're going to take a guy to immediately try and help you, which is probably not going to uh, take place. Uh, The one thing I will say about what happened today is if this is the recipe now, okay, this Kirk, um, it's going to be glaringly apparent he can't play because you basically today stripped him of all power. Uh, so if you're going to say it's going to be the Dalvin Cook show and we are going to have Kirk make some throws, but we are going to get rid of most of the things that Kirk does well because we trust Dalvin way more. Uh, you've run into a real problem now because it's going to be glaringly obvious to everyone involved with this franchise and outside that Kirk Cousins is being treated like Gus Farratt was. And you can't pay a guy like that and just be okay with, well, yeah, I mean, Kirk's not good, but we're only paying him 66 mil. Yeah. I mean, there, another scenario, too, would be that they because because the changes we're talking about going into this game, we're looking at quarterback. We're looking at coach. We're looking at general manager with a side eye with all three like, all right, what's you know, prove that you belong beyond 2020. Is there a scenario in which they do show fight? They they do finish with like six or seven wins and they, you know, they beat Detroit and they beat. Dallas and they win some home games and they and they and they make they make a comeback but they fall just short of the playoffs but it's enough to say you know what this team didn't quit on Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman can always you know state the case that hey we had to draft 15 rookies we didn't have an offseason to would would they would they hold up that end of the framework but then still make a big move to try and either eat some of the Kirk Cousins money and just say goodbye and draft a quarterback I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily advise changing all three of GM, coach, and quarterback. And I think the two that have the best case the rest of the season to keep their jobs are the GM and the coach. I don't think there's a great case going forward, really depending on, um, or I I should say, uh, regardless of what Kirk Cousins does the rest of the season, I don't think there's a great case to be made that he should be your starting quarterback beyond 2020. But the other two guys, I think, still have a chance to prove that you know, they've still got this thing going in the right direction. Sam, what was your other thing? Well, that's a good point. And also, like, I think I know people want to fire Mike Zimmer, but he is too good of a coach to tank. Like, he knows he maybe has only a few years left to coach, and he doesn't want one of his last three or four years to be a 4-12 and team. Here's my second question. Watching this game, and I've, you know, seeing a few number of Packers games, are we sure that Matt LaFleur is a good coach? Because... His first, he has, I think, maybe four or five losses now in a year and a half. So, you know, decent winning percentage. His first move was to keep Mike Patton on the staff, who is one of the worst defensive coaches in the league. Um, Makes Don Capers look like Mike Zimmer. Um, I've never watched a Packers game and thought, oh, this guy's like on a next level. He's figuring things out in real time. In fact, like I've seen Kyle Shanahan run circles around him. And... Like as a Vikings fan, like sure, I want Matt Lafleur to be in the in the league for or in the division for ten years, but um, I think there's a real disconnect between like how people perceive Matt Lafleur as a coach and how he actually is. I think the division stinks. Um, I, the Packers' defense is terrible. The Bears' offense is terrible. The Vikings are in between. Um, I, I think that this division it's not as bad as the East is. But all of these things are the ingredients to why this league, for the most part, there are a few really good teams. I get that. For the most part, stinks. Uh, this the 
NFC North is not good. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, wow, I'm surprised. There's nothing that these teams can do as far as futility goes in the North that shocks me. And we just saw again today that Packer defense is incapable. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Zimmer thing, though, so your point about Zim is a very interesting one in this sense, okay? Mike, as a one-off, I think can win games. And I think he can get your team to the playoffs. Um, but the problem with all of that is, is much like Kirk at quarterback, I don't think he has the attributes to get you to a championship. So I think when Mike, when Mike and Kirk are up against that wall, I think that they can win games and say, oh, man, I came, woo, I came out of that big. But the reality is, if you turn around and say, okay, that was awesome. Now win me a Super Bowl. Both of them have the same deficiencies, which is their styles and their ideas can get you wins at times, and they could probably get you to the playoffs. But when it comes to being a really dominant team and good team, they don't add up to that. And that's where we get fooled and, and revert back to after days like this. Well, yeah, but they won, right? Well, yeah, they won. But it goes back to what Phil said a thousand times. Do you want to win or do you want to win a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sam, great stuff, man. We always appreciate your takes and your thoughts when you come on the show. We'll probably see you again next week after uh, the Lions game. I want to point out something because I'm just reading some of the quotes coming out from the locker room here. Uh, Mike Zimmer was asked about how this win over the Packers impacts the Vikings moves at the trade deadline. And he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I don't think it has a huge impact. He said, it's not really about the wins right now for us. He said, it depends on what we're offered. So I translate that to mean, hey, we're... Playoffs, playoffs. That's that's how I translate it to mean that they, he knows they got a lot of work to do before they start talking about, um, you know, the potential playoff run this season. And the other thing too is, yep. Aaron Rodgers was asked about the wind because we had steady twenty mile an hour winds at Lambeau Field today and gusts up to 35, 40 miles an hour. And he said, I think it was one of the worst wind days for sure that he's ever encountered in his career. And one of the underrated things that maybe we didn't think too much about because we didn't know it was going to be this windy. So David Bakhtiari did not play in this game. And the Packers were using backup running backs as well. Mm-hmm. And so because because it just wasn't with how windy it was, the conditions weren't great for passing, even for a legendary quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. If it comes down to ground and pound and the Packers are without their best offensive lineman and running back and the Vikings have Dalvin Cook coming back and clearly at full strength, right? Um, it really, really reshaped the the framework of the game. It just hit me. Just a bolt of genius hit me, boys. Wow. Wow. The Minnesota Vikings tomorrow go to Governor Tim Walls and petition to have the rest of their home games for 2020 move to TCF Bank Stadium. I like it. Because you can then tell Kirk, Kirk, we're really, really sorry, but you can't have the football. It's going to Dalvin every play. You play the rest of your games outdoors in the cold and wind, and basically, that is your formula for getting that seventh seed. I like this. I mean, and, by, and and fans can now come in because it's outdoors. Hey, did the did they leave the heating coils in? Yeah, it, it's oh, easy they're, they're, they're in there yeah. for good. I just don't want to see anyone like drooling on the no. field unconscious. Like <laughs> the heating coils are never the they are in and they will stay there. This works out absolutely perfectly. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to our next one here, Declan. Go ahead and introduce. Yeah. We'll go to Chanix. Chanix, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, hey, Chanix. Hey. Uh, so this game, like a lot of fans, for me, it was great because Packers lost. We won. Uh, <laughs> sucks for what we're trying to do, which is trying to tank for a Super Bowl. So, but the problem is this. We always, with Simmer and all the stuff, and we always somehow find a formula. 
we win the game. We, we think we have the formula and we try to do the formula. And then we completely just like, what happened to the formula last game? It doesn't work that way. We are so inconsistent. Even the per, uh, first the reporters were talking about it during the game. We are inconsistent. We're never, we're never just one. We're always like either we're super good and then we're really bad. And then we drop wins. It's just, it's, that's why I really feel like Simmer's way of coaching. That's why I really like the guy. But it's just like, as you were saying, I really don't think he can lead us to a Super Bowl. See, I, here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree on that. I actually think Mike Zimmer can lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl, but they have to have the right roster formula. You can't pay an average quarterback $33 million and try – like they're trying to do both things. Like they're trying to build a defense and cater to Mike Zimmer's strengths but then they're also allocating way too much money to a quarterback that prevents them from using the rest of that money on their roster. And, and, and really like the, the, the Mike Zimmer formula came to a head in 2017 when they went to the NFC championship game, it was one of his worst coached games. And so that's a huge red mark on his resume when they got smoked by the Eagles that bad. Right. But I, but I just wonder if they had a different quarterback that wasn't just going to turtle in that spot, I know that we love the run that Case Keenum went on, but like that dude turned into a pumpkin in that game against Philadelphia. And I'm wondering like if they had the right, good, young, mobile quarterback in that game against Philadelphia, would the Mike Zimmer formula have paid off in a championship despite the bad defensive performance? Probably not that year. Um, but like Mike Zimmer is a well above 500 coach, and so I don't want. I don't think he's Bill Belichick. I don't think he's Pete Carroll by any means. I don't think he's on the top tier of coaches, but I think if you put the right things around him, like the Vikings are capable of doing more. The question now is, has he overstayed his welcome at this point? Um, and is he just going to get to a point where he's not capable of like working with the young quarterback that they draft in 2021 and he just doesn't have the patience? I would. Those are the That's things I would be worried about. That's really what I fear about. It's because I, because I, I don't think they were ever tanked. For just for what I'm seeing right now, they don't they don't have that mentality. But it's it's also like try to protect Kirk's emotions and say, okay, you know, you don't have to do all this anymore, and <laughs> you're just gonna hand it to uh, Dalvin Cook, which is Dalvin's Cook is great, but again, again, his health is always the concern here. Just as what you were guys talking about, like I was fearing. I'm like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please. I'm like, great. Yeah, four touchdown. Awesome. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt because you're our only saving grace. Mm-hmm. Like their defense, great. Good for what you guys can do, man. Eric Kendrick and all you guys, amazing. But we are literally on our last leg on this and trying to beat this division rival, which is great. But also sad because I'm like, uh, we're going down on our draft picks now. I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Somebody looked up. And by the way, Chanix, uh, love having you on, man. Thanks for coming in, bringing the passion, bringing the Vikings takes. Um, real quick, uh, somebody uh, was looking at Tankathon. I think the Vikings are now the ninth, it says. Yes. So Patrick Sertain Sir, Sir from, from Alabama, a cornerback. Okay. Yeah, Still a cornerback. I think it's We got a cornerback. Yeah, of course. That This is what they do. This is exactly what they do. And if you, um, back to, to the point from before too, if you are going to draft a quarterback, I don't think that Mike is the guy to develop that player. I, I think there's there's just two, and they're, they're uh, very different. I think there's two obvious positions at which I want Zim to have no involvement. One is kicker, which is fine. But I mean, Dan Bailey is fine. Do you know why? Because he's a hardened, tough veteran. 
And he doesn't really care what Mike says. And if Mike yells, he doesn't care. And that's great. The quarterback's not so simple. And, and if you bring in, you know, Justin Fields or Lawrence or somebody who might screw up, Mike is going to be in that kid's ear. And I don't want that. So, so it, this is not that he can't coach. Now, if you could get rid of cousins and make a case that go get a veteran quarterback, who's going to come in and he's not going to be great, but we're not going to pay him much. And he's going to be sufficient. That actually is probably a better path. Um, But if you are going to go with, Hey, we've got our quarterback project this ahead for the next 10 years then I don't want Mike Zimmer near that kid. And here and here's one more one more thing and, and it's to the comment that's on the screen right now from that average gamer. He says give Mike Zimmer Tom Brady in his prime and he would have all nine rings. Like and that's that's one thing that I think we don't take into account enough with Mike Zimmer is that his quarterbacks have been a young Teddy Bridgewater before Bridgewater was you know, and Bridgewater, you know, then had to sit out for three years with the injury, but he had basically had a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. and then he had broken down hobbling Sam Bradford who played really well for stretches, but just was like not capable of staying healthy. And then they moved into the case Keenum era and the, in, in case Keenum every other year, except his year with the Vikings has just been a classic backup quarterback, not even like a Ryan Fitzpatrick where he can start if you need for a couple of years, just like a straight up backup quarterback that doesn't play well as a starter. And they got the most they could out of him. And then into Kirk cousins, who's I think we've all, you know, exhausted the conversation. If you were to give Mike Zimmer, let's just say over that six, seven year stretch, the peace of mind that the the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin have with a Ben Roethlisberger or even like a Matt Ryan, just give him a Matt Ryan for like six or seven years. Yep. Uh, and and let, let alone a Russell Wilson or a Pat Mahomes or now you could say with Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson, if Mike Zimmer were to have gotten those guys as draft picks, would he have been the right one to get them to play at their peak? And that's a legitimate discussion because Andy Reid clearly has been able to get the most out of some quarterbacks in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like if you were to give him just a ready-made straight up top seven quarterback, the Vikings might have a Super Bowl. They might have a Super Bowl during the Mike Zimmer era. I won't deny that. They they might, but we're to the point now in this discussion where I can't take that chance. Like I can't take the chance of, well, I think it's going to work. If if I draft, if I draft the type of quarterback that we're talking about, and I'm the GM of this team, I need that to work. And I don't see how I mean Mike just doesn't. You know, Mike doesn't think along the lines uh, and the way right now of what you need for that quarterback to maximize his potential, right? Reed is fantastic. I mean, he's unbelievable. And he's a guy that adapted and he's an offensive mind. Um, You'd be rolling the dice that Mike and a new quarterback now would be fine. And I think that is a big chance because ideally that kid is your quarterback here for 10 years. And if it gets screwed up in the first two, there might be no going back at that point. So that's why I'm in favor of a potential change, if that's the re- the direction that you go. But if these guys end up drafting 12, guess what? You ain't going in that direction. All right, let's, let's keep going here on Vikings Vent Line, part of Purple Daily, seven days a week Viking shows on YouTube and via podcast. And uh, Dex, who do we got next? We have uh, Omar in the, stu- in the studio. Omar, Omar, what's going on? What up, Omar? What's up? How you guys doing? Good, man. You got about 60 seconds. Fire away. Yeah, so I think the, the Vikings are going to finish on the uh, 15th in the draft, and then I think they should take uh, quarterback BYU, Zach Wilson. 
because he's number two for me out of the quarterbacks rankings for me in the draft next year. Dude, that yeah, dude, he has so, the, his his. Thing. So he okay, real quick. Sorry, there's a there's a bit of a disconnect on the sound here, but uh, cheap plug. We're gonna unleash our amateur video scout Declan Goff on the Mackie and Judd show tomorrow because he watched BYU tape over the weekend. I did. But that dude made a couple throws in That's- that game last night that were just like whoa, and he's mobile. He has seven rushing touchdowns this year too. He's so, not getting. He's not. He's not getting to fifteen. Oh, but that, could the Vikings could the, could the Vikings get up, get up to nine? Well, sure, yeah, that's the thing, though. But I'm saying he, I he's gone. I think top ten. Hmm. I don't know that if he's arm, top ten yet. That that, that throw that throw thing. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, the people have uh, the draft analysts. I'm watching around like like uh, the big guys. I watch. They mm-hmm. all have rank five or six. They they're, they're sleeping on him from the draft because the lack of the competition he has. But he's the number one thing for me, Lance. Is that he's aware, his awareness in the pocket, and his yeah. and his and his and mobility to slide. Trey Lance has no agility. He, he he's, the, he's more of a Cam Newton type player. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Omar, a bit of a connection. So we're gonna say goodbye to Omar. But I'm glad that he I'm glad that he brought up a couple because we've spent so much time on you know the obvious quarterbacks. But the reality is, especially now that the Vikings won this game against Green Bay, you can stop talking unless they want to trade everything to get up to one or two. You can say goodbye to Trevor Lawrence. You can say goodbye to Justin Fields. It doesn't mean that there's not like two or three other franchise quarterbacks sitting out there later in the first round or even beyond the first round. And so those are the guys that we're going to have to start talking about a lot here on Purple Daily as we look for an actual franchise quarterback, not a $33 million handoff machine like the Vikings had today. <laughs> Kelly Holcomb did the work today. He's Kelly Holcomb. And by, by the the way, I'm getting tweets now that, that said, well, on third and nine, they ran the ball to eat, eat up clock, which is fine, okay? But I'll ask you this question. You have a quarterback who's being paid $84 million and then $66 million, okay? You have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, last time I checked, on your roster. Are you telling me on third and nine in a late game situation that you don't, and the question—it's a rhetorical question—that you don't trust your quarterback to make a ten-yard throw no. to to those. I mean, I mean, I get the clock thing, okay, but ladies and gentlemen, it—if we're talking about ponder, I'm all in. I'm like, you know what? Run the ball. That's fine. Eat the clock. We're talking about a quarterback who has been at different times the highest-paid quarterback in this league, and you're telling me the justification is, well, you were trying to eat clock on third and nine. No, you signed him to make the throws that we're talking about here. But you can't let him you can't let him drop back in that spot. I agree with you, but that's the problem. But I'm saying don't justify it. Don't give him the out of, well, it makes sense to eat clock. You've got look, if if he had um Michael Jenkins and I don't know, take your pick of a uh, Bobby Wade. If those were his choices, I'd be like, okay, I sort of get that. But you've got Thielen and Jefferson, and you still had no faith in him in that series to pass the football, and you're trying to justify it to me? Come on, folks. Let's let's take the quarterback beer goggles off and understand that this is a problem. Also, too, and by the way, uh, we're getting ripped here in the YouTube comments by is it Lemon Bassoon says you guys contradict yourselves too much. I actually don't. Listen, we're, we're open to being ripped. I don't think we've contradicted ourselves at all. I think we've been pretty steadfast saying Kirk Cousins isn't the franchise quarterback, but be more specific and we'll pop your comment up. Yeah. But, but, but I, I'm, I'm watching that third and nine at the end of the game that you, that you allude to. I'm thinking you can't, you cannot, if you're looking to win this game, you cannot let him drop back because 
if someone gets free and he gets hit and fumbles or something, or if he has to get, if he flushes from the pocket and has to make a throw on the run and throws an interception like he did last year in Green Bay, you know, when there was, uh, it was like a first and goal from the 10 or something. Mm-hmm. And so all I could think about was half the teams in the NFL right now, just because of the way that quarterback skill sets have changed, have a mobile quarterback that they can get out on the edge that has the threat of finding a target for a first down or running the nine yards with their legs for a first down. I mean, what do the Arizona Cardinals call in that spot? Probably some sort of a bootleg or they spread wide and give a couple running lanes for Kyler Murray to just run for the nine yards. Um, and and you could say the same for probably like 12 or 14 teams in the NFL. And the Vikings are still stuck with this traditional pocket passer statue that you have to protect. And now it's, but he's, but he's not now. He's, he's basically just told hand the ball to 33. Of course. And then of course, like every, you know, then, then of course the blame always goes to, well, the offensive line's not doing its job. It's like, yeah, but okay. But the offensive line in reality, unless you just get it perfect in the draft and free agency, there's going to be players that aren't perfect. And so you'd like a quarterback that can elude pressure and make plays with his legs. And the Vikings don't have that. Go and back and watch this, go back and, and watch um, different games and look at how many QBs roll out they're not designed to okay there's pressure they roll they they run they look upfield right before they get to the line of scrimmage they throw all of that is instinct then watch how often now cousins if it's designed is okay so so there's a difference between what i'm talking about and what cousins can do but watch the amount of undesigned rollout plays that kirk cousins can make you rarely see it he doesn't and it's not his fault he doesn't have the chip it's awareness, mm-hmm. but the awareness of these top flight quarterbacks to do that are the difference between paying somebody a monster payday and paying somebody a very fair but reasonable quarterback salary. The right honorable chimes in here in the YouTube comments to laugh my ass off. Running the ball was the right call on third and nine. It worked. They won. We agree. We're not debating the micro here. This is not this is not a right. knock on the micro like that was the right strategic call. Correct. First guess, second guess. This is a macro discussion about how far do you want to go? Do you want to win a Super Bowl? And and it's it's more it, it's it's less a critique and it's more a reality of third and nine and the game's on the line and you aren't even thinking about passing or putting the ball in your quarterback's hands because you don't trust him. Thus, how far can you really go if that's the case with with your quarterback? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to our next one here, Declan. Go ahead. And yeah, let's go to our guy Paul in uh, from sunny Honolulu. Paul, uh, oh, how's the hey. weather, man? Aloha. Nice to see you. Love the content. Uh, and I, I agree with a lot of the Vikings fans out there that we're not going to be satisfied until we win a Super Bowl. And I think, you know, this being the 2021 preseason, you know, you can play like you did today and win a battle, but you risk losing the war, you know, running Dalvin that much, you know, he's going to get hurt, his durability issues, and now you're going to sabotage next year, perhaps. Uh, I guess my question for you guys is, you know, other than uh, maybe Anthony Harris or Kyle Rudolph, who do you think the Vikings should try to move before the trade deadline? Riley Reef, move him ASAP. Move him. You you can get something for, for him. He's not a great player, but left tackle is a position that is difficult to fill. Um, I would trade him. I would move Cleveland from right guard to left tackle. And worst case, if I have to start Samia or Elfline at right guard, I do. But I think that you could actually get a fairly decent draft pick for Reef. Um, based on need at that position, and he's not coming back. Why not? 
Uh, yeah. I was going to say the same one, and I and I think just to to what Mike Zimmer said after I agree with what Mike Zimmer said in the post game quotes that this game should have no bearing on what they were going to do originally at the trade deadline. If you've got a chance, th- this is what I've been saying for two weeks. If you have a chance to pick up a second round draft choice, or I mean, if you get a first round pick somehow for like a Harrison Smith or something, you should do it. Don't don't let the allure and the idea of making a run to to get to seven and nine and sneaking in as the seven seed. Don't let that prevent you from stockpiling assets that can help you build for the next three years. That's where I'm at with it, Paul. Yeah, no, I agree completely. What do you think the odds are that they'll actually do that? Oh man, I think they, I think, I think this win does change it for them. I think they're going to look at the schedule. I think they're going to look at home games coming up and the Cowboys and the Lions, I, I think they're going to actually be more conservative at the trade deadline than they would have been if they would have lost, Judd. Oh, boy. If they do if they do that, it's going to drive me absolutely crazy. Um, I think that this probably takes a guy like Harrison Smith off the table completely. This win does, uh, which I don't like, but I think it probably does. I think uh, Rudolph and Reef and Anthony Harris are probably still on the table. I, I'd say at least three guys uh, still – might get traded by the 3 p.m. deadline on Tuesday. But I do think the upper echelon guys that we were talking about last week who might have been shopped more aggressively if they had lost are probably not going to be shopped now or not traded. That's my guess. Yeah. Paul, thanks for coming on, man. Paul, thanks thanks for coming on and screw you for being in Honolulu right now. <laughs> that looks like a very comfortable day. The pandemic hey, nice sure. dog or cat? That's a full recovery. All right. Four-legged friends popping up in the background there. They're great. Love the pets. Love the pets. Vikings Vent Line. We're an hour into this thing, part of the Purple Daily Umbrella of Podcasts, and we're powered by Corona Hard Seltzer. Spiked, sparkling water. Vikings 2-5 and five now on the season, and if you're rooting for them to make a comeback, uh, their path to winning some games is pretty open. If you're rooting for them to draft quarterbacks high in the draft, this was a bad one today. Uh, great tanking teams find a way to lose that game. And so the Vikings are not a great tanking team. The Packers didn't want this too, Don't you guys think? Oh the, my Packer, God. No. The, Packer, the Packers showed no dedication oh. to taking this game. They seemed very comfortable with the L to me. What I, if, I'm, yeah, I'm embarrassed that they were my number one team for packing orders a couple weeks ago. Cause this is bad. And you should be, you should be ashamed. <laughs> of I'm, I'm just as guilty. You should be ashamed of yourself too, Phil Mackey. Yeah. They're pretty, they're, they're like one, that's one of the softest Packer teams I've seen in that the last couple of years where yeah. they've got a good record, but every time a team comes and decides to run it and punch them in the face, they just wilt yeah. and they fall behind by double digits. And Aaron Rodgers is actually one of the worst of all the great quarterbacks in NFL history, he's one of the worst fourth quarter comeback quarterbacks in the league. And so once the Vikings scored that uh, that fourth touchdown to go up 28-14, like that was a wrap. Aaron Rodgers does not make comebacks like that very often, if ever. Important point about this Vikings team, too, I, I think that we should uh, broach here is this one as well, okay? Um, aside from the Falcons game, which was a disaster, I don't think this team has quit. I just think they're not that good. and And I think that defensively, They've got a ton of faults, but I mean, pe- people now are saying, well, they're still playing hard. I don't think we've said that they weren't trying. They just, for the most part, have stunk and found ways to blow games, um, which gets us back to the whole tanking thing, which seems to come up every time we talk about it. Tanking is not a, not a go to your roster and be like, you know what, guys, we want to lose these games. Tanking is a way of life. Tanking is a formula. It's it's exactly why I don't risk Cook today. 
because I don't see the benefit from one win. Now, I'm sure Zim and the boys would be like, you're wrong, Judd, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but this was, I don't believe that we on our shows have ever said that they completely quit. They just weren't good, and they're not good, and I still don't think that they are good. I think the Packers stunk. But there's a big there's a big difference between a conversation of, man, this Vikings team was really good, and they're not trying, and they're just not that good. And again, to me, Exhibit A from today was, for various reasons, Phil and Dex, you had to take your quarterback out of the game plan, and it worked. Like, I don't see the raw for that point. The Oh, that was a great move. I mean, it worked, and that's fine. But I don't think that this is a conversation about the Vikings are actively quitting. I think it's a conversation about they are one of a lot of very bad teams that happen to be calling the National Football League home right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are Mackie and Judd, and you can find – we have two YouTube channels, two podcast feeds. We've got YouTube channels, <laughs> youtube.com slash Podcast, and also youtube.com slash scorenorthmn, S-K-O-R North. MN, where you can find a lot of our non-Vikings discussions. And then the two podcasts are Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. And uh, let's get to our next guest here. Vikings fans in the show with us. Darian. Darian. You got us? Are we just singing? Hey, Darian. Darian, you there? Darian. Darian, what's good, dude? Hey, what's you're, going on, guys? Hey, you're what's on, dude? up, dude? I like it. <laughs> Um, I'm just have a question for these Viking fans. Um, last time I was here, sorry, I'm trying to get this camera right. Last time I was here, I clearly told y'all that this is not going to go the way that y'all thought it was going to go. Everybody's talking about this tanking thing. It doesn't go like that for Vikings fans. We're probably going to go nine and seven, to be honest. This is how it goes for us. (laughs) (laughs) There is a a legit path to eight and eight right now. A legit path to eight and eight. I say, like I said, pull, pull in some vets. You know, we, we made this bed, lie in it, and just kind of just keep it moving until the contract finally runs out on Kirk Cousins. There'll be other Trevor Lawrences. Well, maybe not. There'll be close <laughs> to Trevor Lawrences in the future. I mean, let's let's try for that. But as I said, you know, until these contracts run out and these impossible contracts run out, we're kind of stuck where we're at. So. I say just ride the wave and see what happens. I knew so we weren't going to get Cup Lawrence, please. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. We can we can officially put that discussion that. to bed, right? The Jets. I mean, still the, right. Have we have the Jets fired Adam Gaze yet? Not yet. No. I don't know how. Like what? 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 We, what kind of naked pictures of ownership does that guy have stowed away? I will say it again. Trevor Lawrence, if he plays a down for the Jets, is crazy. Either stay in school <laughs> or tell them you're trading my rights. I'm not playing for you. <laughs> They're rotten from the head on down. Ownership stinks. I'm not playing. If I'm him, I am telling them I am Eli Manning. I am John Elway. I am whatever other quarterback said. I'm not playing for your crappy team. I believe Peyton, I believe Peyton told the Jets, I will not play for you, okay? That was 1998. It's 2021 almost now. Trevor Lawrence should say the exact same thing. I don't care if he lands here or not. Don't go play. Don't waste a generational talent with that awful franchise, please. <laughs> and, and do you know what else? You know what else is going to play in the Mike Zimmer's hands? We're going to go nine and seven. And you know we're going to draft in the middle of the round? We're going to draft a cornerback. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. This is the call of the day. Everything he said is just completely prophetic and correct. Yeah. Darian, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Dude. We appreciate it. 
All right. Awesome. All right. Let, let's roll into the next one here, Dex. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go to Jonathan. Jonathan, what's going on, man? You're on Vikings vent line. Hey, I got. I have. I personally have 60 seconds before my wife yells at me. So you guys, <laughs> perfect. I saw me walking around. I'm trying to get stuff in order. Uh, you know, this is a. I mean, I was so disappointed today with the with the win. Um, what I found shocking was. The Packers' pace of play, like one of my good friends is actually is a Packers fan. I texted him before. I'm like, I guarantee the Packers score in every possession today. And this, like, methodical 12-play drive, like they slowed down the pace. I thought if they went with, like, a, you know, quick scores, there's no way Kirk would have been able to keep up with uh, with that with that pace. Um, I really tried to call it last week. I wanted to make this comparison. I think you guys would enjoy it if you guys were Seinfeld fans. But I figured out who Kirk is. Kirk is the episode of Seinfeld with the two face where Jerry's dating the girl where one moment she's beautiful. And then the next one, he looks Kirk or Kurt. And usually you can tell it within the first possession of the game. Uh, but, uh, what do you call it? But what I wanted to say also is that I wonder now if they can almost like, like, uh, like Judd, what you said, how they completely neutered him. Like he's, he's going to be on his tricycle for now on. I wonder if they can make him so miserable with this style of play to motivate him to be like, to tell his agent, like get me out of Minnesota. I'll restructure my deal. I just want to get out of here. I want to get traded. Maybe that's a way out. And uh, the last thing I want to say is, please, guys, Vikings event line during the weekdays. I need therapy more than once a week. So, man, wow. it's funny. It's funny because, like Jonathan, we we used to have it. We used to have it last year, and then we had a bunch of staff cuts on May first. So Judd used to host it, and it would have been a video version too. But so maybe we can do it. Uh, Five days a week. Wednesday could be event line, but I don't know. Or therapy Thursday. There you go. There you go. Wow, look at this. Jonathan, our branding guy right here. (laughs) Love it, man. Making me obsolete. All right, we don't want to get you uh, divorced here, so we'll let you go back to your wife, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. All right, see you, John. (laughs) That's amazing. That was a great, great call. That was good. Okay, I'm looking through here on Google. Let me see here. I found it. 408-562-4968. Four nine six eight. That is a number for the San Francisco 49ers. That's the call that we need made. Conference call. Kirk Spielman to Kyle and John Lynch. Can we work something out? Can we work some? We know, we know Kyle, you want him, right? Kyle loves it, right? Got to call the Bay Area and work it out. Can we confirm that? Your hope. So we we know for a fact that Kyle Shanahan was sad two two three years ago that he didn't get Kirk Cousins. Like there's like John Lynch went on a radio show and said, "Yeah, well we already you know we already swung the deal for Jimmy Garoppolo." And so Kyle was actually in mourning when Kirk went to the Vikings because that's his guy from Washington, and those guys are those guys are tight. Does he still feel that way? Can we confirm that after watching Kirk with the Vikings for three years? Now, maybe a guy like Kyle Shanahan would look and say, I don't care if he's underperforming with the Vikings. If I got my hands on him in my system, mm-hmm. he would be 10 times better or whatever. It's, dude, it is worth the phone call. I think 100% you're 100% worth the phone call. I think you are 1000% right. Because mm-hmm. Garoppolo is good, but I don't think that Kyle sees Garoppolo as being great. And I think that he's got I think he's got the the girlfriend thing of fixing the bad boy. In this case, it's Kirk, right? I can fix him. Just wait. He'll marry me and I'll fix him. I don't care if it's true or not. He's just off your hands if you're the Vikings at that point, And that's all you care about. I love the comments, man. Some of the scolder group says, give me five minutes on the phone with Shanahan. I'll get Kirk on. <laughs> give me that phone. Let's, <laughs> let, let's go to Jabril next here. Jabril, Vikings you got us. Line. 
Jabril, what's going yeah. on, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. You got us? All right, man. All right. Uh, I'm a big time fan of the show. Uh, Thank you. I think I've been watching it for maybe a year now. Cool. Uh, I'm tuning in every day. So let me just give you a trip down my my uh, week. Uh, so I wake up Thursday morning because I usually listen to you guys' podcasts, and then I go to sleep to YouTube. Uh, I wake up. It's the Thanksgiving game against the Lions, 2017. Case Keenum. We got Jared McKinnon. You know, we have all these these little pieces on offense, but they work, and we win that game. And it just blew my mind. It's like, wow, the good times that I miss, and we have these times. So fast forward to today, of course, we didn't want to win. Uh, we got a W anyway. <laughs> so true. But Come on, you guys. Hey, who wants to eat those Ws with me right now? Come on. <laughs> it feels good to beat the Packers, though, because I have a lot of uh, friends that are Packers fans. I actually live in Atlanta, Georgia, but – I have a lot of friends that are Packer fans, so they, they feel terrible today. But I've been telling them for a long time, I feel that uh, Aaron Rodgers is washed. Uh, he's he's slowly declining. I think that's why they probably took a quarterback in the first round because they kind of feel the same way. But um, Kirk Cousins, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a strong Kirk advocate. Uh, I never always had his back, but it's clearly time for him to go. Uh, $30 million plus is – like you guys said, to to run the ball every down in in the fourth quarter when we possibly need it first. I'm thinking we're going to run it. Aaron Rodgers going to get the ball back. They're going to score a touchdown. And then, you know, same old. We're wasting $30 million. So based off of what I've seen today and when I woke up to the Thanksgiving game, we can you, we can do a lot better at the quarterback position for less. I, I See, I feel like Jabril, Judd, I think you guys are shortchanging Kirk. The form on those handoffs today was absolutely impeccable, okay? I mean, he, the footwork on those handoffs. I could I could hand the ball off the Dallas. <laughs> do you want the job? The job is yours next Sunday, U.S. Bank Stadium. Will you do it for $3 million instead of $33 million? I might definitely get Zimmer fired if I started a quarterback in the NFL. But yeah, I, love, I love Zim, too, and I, I wish Zim could be here uh, for the long haul. But unfortunately, I think uh, being tied to Kirk Cousins, bringing him in and then extending him, of course, is probably ultimately going to cost him his job. I would like to bring uh, the enemy back to Minnesota. I remember being younger. I'm only 28, but I remember being younger and him being a, a running backs coach with AP. Um, and of course, we have to draft the quarterback this year. I don't care if it's fifth, 15, 30th. It's probably definitely not going to be 30th. But uh, you know, we have to draft the quarterback this year. Um, if it's one of the top guys, I'm happy with that. Even if we take a chance on somebody, I think that's the right move to try to move in the right direction. Because being mediocre for the last couple of years isn't isn't going to get us a Super Bowl and it's not going to get anything done. And I feel like since 2017, looking at the climate of the NFC, there's not too many teams that I'm scared of. And that's what really makes me upset about being a Viking fan because if we were good or decent, I'm not scared of the Saints. I'm not scared of the Packers. I'm not scared of some of these teams. Maybe the Buccaneers, you know, they, they're they're gelling now. But there's a lot of teams that are beatable. You know, we, we lost to the Seahawks ultimately on an inch. You know what I'm saying? So we can't compete. But the problem is that the quarterback – uh, position is overpaid and he's not, it's, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Hey, Jabril, we appreciate you discovering the show and we appreciate you bringing your takes. Uh, be sure to jump in again sometime before the season's over, right? Thanks, Jabril. So. All right. That's Jabril. Uh, real quick. To Jeff's point here, quick. quick I was quick, just going to go there. The comment on the screen. Go ahead. Okay. The comment reads How detached from the team do you have to be to root for them to lose? Why are you even watching the games? Jeff, it's a very good question, but I'd like to answer this question in full 
Um, November thirteenth. Let's feature Judd here. Can we feature nope. Judd? I don't know. November thirteenth. I was going to put Judd on the big screen. Thirteen days from now or so, <laughs> I'm going to turn Jeff fifty-one. Okay. I started following the Vikings in 1978, which was which happened to be Tarkington's last year. Okay. I have wanted to see this team win a Super Bowl in that time. Like I started as just a little eight-year-old fan, and, and yes, I'm more detached now than. I used to be because I have covered this team and, and w- when you're around a team as much as we are, it does change the dynamic of how you feel about said team. Okay. I but think you're, still, you're just a little bit more like, like your emotions are not quite. Yeah, as... And I'm more jaded, but that's fine. But the mm. fact, but the fact is I am still in some ways, eight year old Judd who's about to be 51. Okay. All I don't want to see this team go to the playoffs. I've seen it. I don't want to see them win some weird, windy, fluky game at Lambeau Field. I've seen that before, and that's all well and good. But again, I'm 51. I am, for the first time in my life, I am in the 10-year cycle where you really say to yourself, I'm not guaranteed 60, okay? Like when you turn 20, you think, I'll make it to 30, no problem. 30 to 40 should be no problem. I mean, things go wrong. I get that, okay? I'm not sure I'm going to make it past Wednesday at this rate. Yeah, well, that might be the case. I'm a week into COVID here, so we're not doing so great. But my point is, I am in in the first 10-year cycle where I don't think I can slam dunk say, see at 60. I would like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. To do that, certain things have to happen, all right? And sometimes what they have to do is get an incredibly high draft pick where a good quarterback is available and they need to hit on said quarterback who can then lead you to be the first piece to lead you to a Super Bowl. Right now, the Vikings continue to what? They draft 12th and take a cornerback or they draft ninth and take somebody else who's not a game changer for this team. I'm at an age now where I don't know if I have another 10 years to put up with this crap, okay? So I don't want to win against Green Bay where you literally on third and nine look at your $66 million investment in quarterback and say, we don't trust you. And don't give me this clock BS. It's we don't trust you, all right? Um, the Timberwolves are going to draft first in a draft where there's no consensus first pick. What I want someone in this town to do is get the first pick overall when there's a consensus of that's a quarterback and that person can lead you to a championship so that if I do make it to, let's say, 55 or 56, this team can have a Lombardi trophy for the first time in its existence. I don't think that that is rooting against them. I think that is rooting for the ultimate success. Jeff, you might be young, but believe me, you're going to get to my age one day and you're going to think to yourself, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. In fact, I have no clue if I'm going to live long. And so what do you want? If you don't have a Super Bowl, you'll feel the exact same way I do right now. That is why I am rooting against them at times, because long term, I want a Super Bowl. I don't want a playoff first. End of rant. Sorry. Sports dad wisdom. As he pounds another I beer. just I, People just think that I'm this negative Nelly who hates the team. I don't. But I was eight years old once and thought, I'll see a Super Bowl by the time I'm 25, right? Right. They haven't been to one since I was seven, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, this is not about, like, listen, get out of the micro for a second, okay? Get out of the micro. This isn't about, why are you rooting for them to lose? We sh- Again, this is my fault because I said last week, I said we would start every single show going forward with a mission statement that is everything we're about to talk about falls under the mission statement of Vikings plan to win a Super Bowl. Okay, like that's everything we do here is is with an eye toward the goal should be to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And we don't think they are currently constructed to win a Super Bowl. 
And I don't think they're all of a sudden just going to like bounce back as similarly constructed in 2021 and just like be contenders again. Things need to change. I'm not saying fire everybody. I'm not saying completely wipe everything out. I think that's what bad franchises do. But I think you have to make some seriously difficult decisions financially and maybe even from a leadership standpoint if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, which is the thing this franchise has not done. This is probably the greatest of all the four major men's professional sports leagues in this country. The Vikings are probably the best to never win their league's title. I mean, you could maybe make a case for like the Utah Jazz that were, excuse me, great in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um the Washington Capitals for a while, but then they finally won one. Yep. I think this like this is the final checkbox for this organization. So I don't give a rip about eight and eight. I don't give a rip about nine and seven, ten and six, average quarterback play, like win a Super Bowl. That is where this discussion is coming from. So bravo to Judd and Sports Dad for that epic rant. That was amazing. Uh Dex, let's get to our final call here or our yes, final sir. guest on Vikings Ventline. We got a, we got Chase to round us off. Chase, what's going on? Judd, thank you. Preach to the heavens what you're saying. So let's start with some positivity here, ladies and gentlemen. Ursula Jr., run blocking, fantastic. I love how he's involved in the offense. Keep it going with him. Whether we move on from new staff or not, he's fantastic. I will say Justin Jefferson, three catches, 26 yards only. But with Jair, oh, excuse me, uh, with Alexander there, He has been fantastic this whole season, and he was running routes and got to the point of where he was drawing uh, calls against him. So in the future, that's going to be a great matchup. I think as a rookie, he's fantastic. Cook was killing the defense like it was Swiss cheese and then making cheese curds out of it at the State Fair. It was fantastic. To go off your guys' point, I don't know what we do here. I was going to give you some possible trade scenarios by the the draft, you know, like the Vikings would – as they do uh, go down in the draft, like Spielman loves to get that second round pick back and just get a guard and go from there. But I don't know what we're doing. I don't, I, I don't know. Cause we say we, we want to lose. We want to do better as a team, but now we're, we won in green Bay. I know it's green Bay, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confused. I'm very frustrated. And uh, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I think you, I think you're, I think you're like most Vikings fans and that your instinct is, what just beat the Green Bay Packers? Just made Aaron Rodgers look 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 bad, and that's reason to celebrate. And, and listen, and, and as a guy that's on board with losing as many games as possible, I still think there's a scenario in which, like, yeah, this is great. Like, ce- celebrate on a on a Sunday here, and maybe the Vikings are going to get to five and eleven instead of three and thirteen because of it. And the good news there is, franchise quarterbacks can still be had in the middle portions of the first round and even beyond. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, like there are dudes out there. Now it gets harder and it, and it gets less probable statistically the further you get away from the top ten. Um, but I just I don't think that I don't think if if you're on the tank side of thing, if you're a Vikings fan, you're rooting for short term loss for long term gain. I don't think today completely screws your chances of still finding a franchise quarterback. So. I'll, I'll put some optimism out there. Yeah, that, that's good. I, I also would say I agree with your point. We're the most deserving NFL franchise that hasn't won a Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl, besides arguably the Buffalo Bills. But it, even we didn't choke as hard as they did four straight times. Um, but, again, I think we need to decide as an organization that we'll have to get together and say, hey, you know, what do we want going forward? I love Spielman. I love Zimmer. Um, I have nothing against them. But we need to find out what's right for us because we want to win. It's been 60-some years. We're tired of this. And I'm only 22, Judd. And I feel the pain. 
<laughs> you should, man. man. That's a good thing. This is great. We, we've got we've got generations of Vikings fans all in this quad box right now, just represented. Can you guys? Can you guys eat in your wildest dreams even fathom or imagine what the celebration would be? Like that's oh. what I've always wanted to see. It this town would explode. It'd be it'd be nuts. It'd be so great if these guys. I mean, the twins was fantastic, right? And I think you know if. Other teams in this town win. It's a lot of fun. But the Vikings winning a Lombardi trophy would put this town into a celebration for a year. And it would be great. And it's what I want to see. But there are certain things that almost certainly have to happen for that to transpire. And I Mm -hmm. think the current trajectory is just not right. And that's not saying that they can't make the playoffs. That's not saying they're a dumpster fire. They're not. But I want to see that next step Mm -hmm. so badly. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. That's Hang our enough. friend. That's our friend Chase joining Vikings Vent Line. And uh, boys, that's a wrap on this one here. I think we've 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 covered all the immediate ground. And then starting tomorrow on Purple Daily and on Mackie and Judd, which you can find in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. Scorenorth.com is a great hub for all of our content. And uh, and the YouTube channel for Vikings, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. We will start to discuss what this win means for the rest of the season, and then you know many more of these long-term discussions to be had as well. Pie chart of praise, do tomorrow. Pie chart of praise. Wow. We're, in, pie, pie chart we're, of we're into November, and this will only be our second pie chart of praise of mm. the entire season. So, whew. All right. Amen. Well, thank you so much to everyone who joined it, all the Vikings fans. If you commented on YouTube or Facebook, or if you jumped into the video with us, you helped make this show what it is. And again, this is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports media. We love having you guys as part of the show and uh, great work by Declan producing and working behind the scenes. It's funny when people are like, what does that guy on the left do? He's just sitting there. No, he's like producing everything behind the scenes. He's kicking ass. It's an oct- I'm an octopus, essentially. Yeah. Like, I'm literally never stopped. I'm drinking. I, I'm, I'm getting people on the, f- on the screen. You got, you the know, I got seltzers, baby. I got my, head, my Zach Wilson headband that I'm ready to put on for tomorrow. I'm ready to go. Amazing. And uh, and again, thanks to Corona Hard Seltzer for keeping us hydrated and sane mm-hmm. during this difficult Viking season. A win over the Packers. The Vikings are two and five. And tomorrow on the Mackie and Judd show, we'll probably mix in some of this on Purple Daily. We will have, I think, I'm going to guess that the show is going to be available for us to grab clips from uh, Packer Ventline. It's going to be epic and you won't want to miss it tomorrow. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.